This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI Audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. I am Stephen Scott and I am broadcasting this week from London. Uh, we are at the TechShare Pro Conference that is uh, taking place at the Google HQ in the city. And uh, with me this week, I have a special guest. Robin Christofferson is here from AbilityNet. Hello, Robin. I am honoured to be here, and it's a really swanky place. You should be honoured. This is a great place to be. I'm sitting next to the actual Stephen Scott. The god that is. <laughs> it's okay. I'll say it for you. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass you. Uh, yes, uh, we're here. Uh, it's a bit of a special one this week, because um, Tim and Sean... Well, Sean's come down with the flu, which is rather annoying. Um, I mean, I, I took a couple of weeks off because, uh, you know, a couple of weeks back, uh, some time off because of the flu. I had, like, proper man flu. Um, he's not really that bad. He just, he's got a really low voice like me. Um, and in fact, he could almost have replaced me this week. His voice is so deep. Uh, that could have worked. So, uh, but yeah, he's just been lazy, to be honest. <laughs> and um, we couldn't get Tim out of his bed. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're just, it's just you and I this week. Fantastic. But uh, yeah, we've got lots to talk about and actually... Since we are here, we thought we'd talk a lot about the different themes and the different uh, stuff that's been going on at this event. Of course, you know, we're in Canada, so we're, uh, you know, Texture Pro has not yet reached Canada. Any plans to take it to Toronto or Vancouver, Robin? We, we literally just need an invite. Okay, so you, you want the, the, the you want Canada as yeah. a country Canada, to invite yeah. you? Yep. Right, okay, I'm not sure how that works, but we'll see if we can talk to someone. The Prime Minister. Yeah, get Justin on the phone, mm-hmm. see what he says. Um, okay, well, uh, let's talk about TechShare Pro. First of all, uh, for those in Canada who don't know what it is, what, what is this? So this is, um, it arose out of the TechShare conference, which was an RNIB event over here in the UK for many years. And then AbilityNet came along and collaborated with them to proify it. Okay. To turn it into an event aimed at businesses to share best practice in tech, in inclusive tech, and, you know, there's a huge number of sessions on this two-day event um, brought to us by businesses. All of the big names are here. As you mentioned, we're here in Google, but um, Apple is here, uh, Lenovo, loads of different organizations sharing best practice, uh, talking about what they're up to and what might be coming up just around the corner as well. Yeah, um, and I think over the next week we're hoping uh, to to bring you more from this uh, because we we've had some amazing people uh, we've had the chance to talk to, and um, I really want to share some of those stories over over next week. So maybe on next week's show uh, we'll we'll have more interviews and we'll have more conversation about this, Robin, because um, we we we've had such an interesting time here. Um, the event is, is draws to a close as as we go on air. Uh, Looking back at the two days, it's been incredible. Um, and you, you you talk about this being a business event, uh, a pro event. And I, I want to sort of get into that a bit because, it, you know, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about businesses making their products more accessible or is it about the businesses themselves being more accessible to their their, their staff, their employees, you know, being more open to the idea of employing disabled people, for example? Definitely both. So some of the sessions are about... Uh, Accessibility leadership, championing inclusion within your organization and what that looks like and 
some case studies of best practice within different organizations, Barclays, for example. Um, so, yeah, how you can achieve uh, diversity, um, you know, doing things in a, in a way that will make sure that your external facing services, products, etc., are going to be inclusive as well. So there's a general feeling that diversity, um, getting the right input from both your customers, which is kind of a no-brainer really, mm. but also from, from your employees. And, you know, this has kicked off. Diversity is obviously a really hot topic within businesses. You know, there's LBGTQ, there's gender, etc. But disability is definitely, you know, the purple pound is definitely in that mix now and is being valued. So one of the people that we were lucky enough to talk to and that we may be bringing some audio from perhaps is Caroline Casey. Fantastic lady who is spearheading the Valuable 500 campaign, which she hopes in the next 18 months to get 500 of the top global brands. She's already got 100 and something, 150 maybe, um, to sign up to really value disability, along with gender and the other um, kind of characteristics where... Yeah, kind of almost true diversity, yeah, really, exactly. you know, focused you know, on everyone. Yeah, and disability has been lagging behind, you know, here in the UK, for example, people with, with a vision impairment of any kind, the, the stats are pretty bleak. So 73% of people with a vision impairment in the UK are out of work. Yeah. You know, and these guys, they've got degrees, they're tech savvy, they've got a lot to offer. So that's the challenge, really. And, um, you know, we're obviously, I mean, I feel lucky every day to be in employment. But there are, you know, there are loads of guys out there and gals that have, you know, really quite a lot of vision. But as soon as recruiters see that box ticked or that, you know, that bit of the application form, which is actually put there to help people in the application process to, to level the playing field, that is actually being used to filter out those candidates, you know. So there's a, a, a lot of ground that needs to be made up. AbilityNet have been working really hard in that space as well. And all of the people are here. I mean, one problem, obviously, is that you're going to be talking to the converted. Anyone that comes today is already on board and wants to learn how to do things even better. But luckily, you know, with a uh, podcast like this and the fact that there's a live stream that will have just closed when, you, when we go out uh, with the podcast. But, you know, hopefully there'll be a lot of people that will be able to access this content and will learn from the brilliant sessions and workshops that we've had today. So is it, what we're seeing at Texture Pro and what people can find out more about, is that what AbilityNet is? Is it an organization that talks to businesses about accessibility, about uh, empowering blind or, and disabled people more widely? Yeah, it's a pan-disability yeah. chari tech charity, and we're very much in that ballpark, but we are also uh, consultants on accessibility, so we deliver a lot of consultancy to most of the FTSE uh, 250 here in the UK. Um, and that is what helps pay for our free services to disabled individuals. So, yeah, we've got a lot of online resources. We've got an inquiries team, an A&I, advice and information service. There's a free phone number. So if anyone's able to call into the UK um, in UK hours, unfortunately, uh, please do. And I can give out that number if that helps. We'd be happy to talk to anyone about disability now obviously this is a vi a vision related uh show here but people don't fit into neat boxes you know you no. might have a vision impairment but you might also have a hearing impairment 
you know, vision and hearing kind of go together later in life. Uh, go as in disappear. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, what, what would be the best tech combo for you? Dexterity difficulties as well, you know. So um, it's really important that organizations exist who know how, which tech works well together which would be the best solutions for people, regardless of what kind of odd assortment of needs they might have. Um, so yeah, give us a call. It's 0800 269 545. And you can also email inquiries at abilitynet.org.uk. And we do assessments for individuals as well, but that's obviously in the UK only. Yeah, okay. So lots of stuff you do, which is great. Um, I will say, you know, you're the guy who was on our Double Tap TV show. Uh, with myself and Mark, you came on and talked about your role with uh, the new Apple TV Plus program. See, yep. <laughs> uh, you were a consultant on that. And uh, if people don't like the show, yep. he's the guy. You email and you call <laughs> that number and you shout at him. <laughs> yeah, call that number and say, that guy was terrible. No, uh, I think it's gr- I think the, the key thing is it was so important that blind people were in the room uh, having the conversation about how blind people were represented. And interestingly, uh, you know, they got you involved and you don't watch television. That's the thing about you. You don't watch TV. <laughs> I find this fascinating. Uh, but you have had a bit of an interest in television here at Texture Pro because we've been talking to various companies, uh, broadcasters, manufacturers as well, who are trying to make the television experience more accessible. It seems to me, and, and I wonder if it's a bit like the, the way sport is for me, um, it's a bit of an ongoing joke in my world that, you know, sport and, and Stephen Scott don't, do not go together at all, and that's true. But it kind of was born out of the fact that when I was at school, when I was back at, in the dim and distant past, in the olden days, um, when I was at school, uh, I would uh, be sort of put aside when it came to sport. No one had any interest in me doing sport. The idea of me playing football was ridiculous. Uh, any other kind of sport was, was nonsense because they just didn't know how... I would be able to take part in that game. And for that reason, I was never particularly active at school. I was sent off to computer class, and I fell in love with computers because I had no involvement with sport and became a very lackadaisical, lazy person. <laughs> and that's fine, right? So I wonder if, if it's because of that, for me, I didn't really get any interest in sport. It's perhaps the same reason for you with television, that television is actually not the most accessible medium out there. Yes, there's audio description, but the experience of actually enjoying using, finding what's on is still a challenge even today. Yeah, I mean I'm a spoken word guy um, and a lot of people with a vision impairment, you know, gravitate towards that because it's just so, well for me anyway, it's just so engaging you know, there's so much out there from audiobooks to podcasts, to the radio etc. And that just fills up all my time. Now when I could see and um, I I was into sport at school when I had some vision. I had really quite a lot of vision until my late teens, perhaps early 20s. Right. I've got none at all now. Um, so you can see nothing? No. Not How many really. fingers am I holding up? <laughs> you could shine a, a <laughs> searchlight in my... Everybody does that to us, <laughs> don't they? How many fingers? <laughs> and um, There's three, by the way. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so I played cricket at school, amongst other things. And you sound like you played cricket at I school. You've got that <laughs> accent. <laughs> I went to a comp. Anyway, um, I couldn't see the, the dark red ball. So they had this pink one, which was a kind of a, an official cricket ball. It had like, it was plastic and it had this seam and it was bright, luminous pink. 
but nobody else used it. And what they didn't know was that you only had to tap this ball and it would go half a mile. It had completely different properties to the normal cricket. So people thought I was really quite good. Because I, <laughs> right, could, okay. I could say that one right at the time. But anyway, so that's my, my only sports story. But um, when I could see, I did watch a lot of TV. I absolutely did. And movies, I can I have a very visual memory. So I can picture every frame of every scene of all the the original Star Wars movies and Back to the Future and all of that stuff, you know. So okay, I just um, know that Sean and Tim wish they were here for this conversation. <laughs> Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But... <laughs> just annoy them. <laughs> um, so I feel like I wasn't the worst qualified person for that, you know, they approached me. Yeah, yeah. AbilityNet have had a lot to do with Apple over the years mm. and maybe that's why I was on their radar. I don't know. But um, but you are very well known reason. in this world. I mean, certainly in the UK, you're... you're a well-known name in this in this field, and uh, that's certainly evident here at Texture Pro, where it's you know it's like cheers in here. Everyone knows your name, <laughs> so you know I um, I think that's probably why. But you know, and, but I'm just so glad that's just you were longevity. I've just you know that's like just been around too long, like a bad smell. <laughs> so I know that feeling. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I, I felt like I was able to contribute quite a lot. Mm. There was a lot of stuff that I nixed straight away. You know about. A lot, they wanted a lot of face touching and I was a bit disturbed when I watched or listened to the audio description of the um, shows when they came out, finally, these C episodes, that they mentioned once a bit of face touching, which, you know, that turned me off straight away. You know, in a fully blind world, people aren't going to be reaching for people's faces all the time no. unless everyone's got their eyes closed all the time. Maybe they do that. I don't know. They didn't mention it in the AD. But um, so I felt like I had a lot to offer there now i think it's really hard they were going for a game of thrones re you know kind of uh sure. s- look and feel i That's think they definitely got for, the yeah. look there's been a lot of really positive reviews about the general look of the show quite cinematic where was i it? believe as well where was it filmed In canada yeah absolutely yeah. so you know kudos to you guys um so yeah there was a lot of um positive feedback from that um the general kind of storyline, etc. Hmm, you know, there's been mixed reviews. Um, but that's okay, that isn't it? I mean, we yeah, don't, we don't mind if the storyline's not great. It's hard to make a, a good, you know, blockbuster show. Is, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the guy, Stephen Knight, he's done Peaky Blinders and various other things. And, you know, he, I think he's done a good job. But the thing that I'm heartened about is that I haven't come across any negative feedback from the VI community about how it's been done. Mm. So um, it would be really interesting to know from the listeners what people's thoughts are. I haven't heard much yet. I mean, I haven't. A few tweets I've seen on it. You know, I, I don't, I'm not on it all the time, if I'm honest. But I get the the impression that it's going reasonably well. I think that the point is that it's it's a drama that I, I, I kind of, in a way, I haven't watched it yet because I'm almost resentful of the fact I have to watch a show about blindness. And Do you know what I mean? It's just like, I love this every day. I don't need to see it on television as well. Yeah, so not I'm, even if they're doing cool stuff. Well, yeah, but what are they going to do that I'm not doing? What, they live on, with nothing. You yeah. know, they don't have iPhones. I mean, I didn't watch that, what was it, Daredevil or something. No, I um, don't Yeah, I just, I mean, that's because I'm totally ambivalent about TV in general. I mean, AD obviously is a lifesaver and kudos to Apple. That well, they I, I, wouldn't, every... I wouldn't watch a show without it. Yeah. I mean, I love the morning show. Um, that was that was a show for me because it, it just I, I I love the idea of television and, and all the rest of it. I know I'm on TV now, but you know let's just put that to the side. <laughs> um, but you know I'm certainly not at that level. Uh, but I love the fact 
I love shows about television. I love all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I but I miss so much on screen. I I totally get the argument though about audio description that it's it's an additional voice that it kind of detaches itself and therefore detaches you from what's going on. And in some cases, it will never really give you a true picture of what's going on. I get that view. Um, but but I, I, I still can live without it. And I am I'm a bit addicted to television, so that's the way I can enjoy it. I mean, you've absolutely got to have AD, unless you're watching. I mean, the only show on Apple's new TV Plus service that doesn't have it is Oprah's Book Club. Yeah, but it's and that's like fine, whatever. because yeah. it's a chat show, yeah. in effect, about, you know, it's a it's book club. books, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's absolutely fine. But yeah, you have to have AD to drive any kind of... Um, storyline where the narrative doesn't, but here's you know, the, the thing. dialogue doesn't. This is what I want to get to because the this, the conversation around audio is changing, and that's something we learn we're learning here at Texture Pro. Something I've never heard about, and it's this next generation audio, where 360 degree sound, um, Dolby Atmos, uh, Super Dolby Atmos, or whatever it's called. You know, this is new style of. Uh, giving what they call, I think it's, ob- what do they call it? Object-oriented audio. Yeah so, yeah, so giving you a much wider space, I guess, for sound to, to, to live in, uh, give you more control over how audio comes to you. So at the moment, for example, on television, you can adjust a lot with the picture, but with, with sound, you've pretty much got sound or, or no sound. Whereas now you're able to stretch out the sound, you're able to move the audio description into a better location. You could even detach the audio description from the main show, so if you're at home, for example, and uh, in your case, your your wife is is sighted, mm-hmm. you're blind, obviously, so you know you can enjoy the audio description, but she doesn't have to, uh, because you can detach the audio out of that, um, because it's all about how the the audio is translated. Now, I, I think it's a really interesting future with with audio, and this appeals to me in a big way. Yeah, so I mean, the two things that I well, there's several things that I struggle with when it comes to TV, but you know, two really significant things are the quality of the AD, and sometimes the AD speaks over the top of dialogue and stuff like that if it's not done well. And that just really frustrates me that, you know, um, it says something like, you know, she stormed out of the room, and then 30 seconds later, you can actually hear her do that. And you that's can hear just the sloppy. Yeah, or whatever it is, you know, that just gets me down. Um, and the mumbly dialogue, which seems to, I think there's a lot of lip reading goes on when sighted people watch TV because I just can't hear the dialogue. So those two things would definitely be alleviated to a large extent with this. And sometimes the, the mix as well. So the, the audio, you, you can't hear um, the actual AD over the background audio as well. So this object oriented stuff, which will basically separate out every single and obviously things need to be recorded in this way but it's it's totally doable um hopefully we will see a lot of programming like this in you know coming our way in the not too distant future but but every sound every car horn every dog bark every bit of dialogue has its own separate tag and that tag tells you when it appears in the stream in the show where it's coming from how loud it is in the case of dialogue what language it's in so like you were saying you know with the ad that could be either on or off per device so i could be having some bluetooth headphones connected to the tv for example or to my um, ipad or whatever if i'm listening to the audio and my wife is listening to it just out loud in the room say so i get the ad maybe there's a non-english speaker in the room as on the sofa as well and they could get the dialogue in spanish um 
you know, even the people, even the actual human dialogue in the show can be tagged and swapped out for another language. So you can change the volume levels of every audio object. So if you want to take the street noise down and the dialogue up, that's the bit that I'm particularly excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, you can change, obviously, the, the relative levels of the AD versus the, the rest of the show, etc. And the positioning as well. And this was another aspect of the technology that they're talking about here um, at this event is that they've been able to recreate in software the the echoes and the sound effects that your the flaps and folds and channels of your ears um, create to tell your brain where a sound's coming from. Now, with surround sound, if you've got all the, you know, your living room kitted out with all the speakers behind you and upside down and, you know, inside out and stuff, then Dolby Atmos sounds brilliant. But as soon as you put headphones on, then you've only got two things coming into your ears. But if the software can recreate that spatial effect as well to fool your brain, then it won't matter if you happen to be listening to the show on headphones or if you've got headphones and your wife hasn't, etc. Then you can get that full spatial immersion as well and i'm really excited about that because for me it's all about audio yeah and that's the point isn't it so for us it makes the whole experience better we can enjoy a movie in a whole new way and the idea and we've all heard well i certainly heard um 360 audio um there was one i think you sent me a a link one night to uh a skill on the amazon echo virtual barbershop that's it the virtual barbershop amazing And, and I could listen to the barbershop, and you could hear the guy right up at the ear, so snip, 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 and then walking behind me, and then walking around in front. And you, you could visualize all of that. Mm-hmm. That is an amazing experience, and it can really enrich the content for us. And you imagine a movie or a TV series being broadcast in that way. Yes, of course, visually, I'm sure it'll look amazing as well, but for us, it's going to sound amazing, and that's even better. I, I like that approach, and I think that's going to be an exciting one. So Next Generation Audio, I think, is probably one of my biggest... Um, well, one of my biggest takeaways from this, we're going to talk more about some of the other takeaways, but actually the biggest takeaway I want to talk about is the one I had the other night. Uh, because uh, I'm here in London, and of course, whenever I'm in London... You had a big takeaway. I had a takeaway. <laughs> no, I, I don't know how you operate in hotels, but the way I do it is really simple, right? So I'll let away the state secrets. I don't like going for, for dinner, because uh, usually I end up covered in it. So I tend to like to sit in my own room, uh, and have room service. <laughs> and uh, Andy, uh, my assistant, he's with me uh, this week, and uh, he's quite happy to go along with it. And he said, right, fine, we'll, we'll do this. So we got some, uh, let's just say uh, it was uh, fried chicken from uh, Kentucky. Um, I don't know if you're aware all the way from of Kentucky. any of that. Wow. It came all the way um, via <laughs> <laughs> bike. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we had some some of that. So... I have a little quiz. I want a game. I've got a little game to play with you here at Texture Pro as part of Double Tap this week. Because what I want to ask you is, um, I've, I've got a scenario to put to you, and I want to ask you how I, I've coped with this and, and what I did. So I want you to figure this oh, one out. Oh, the pressure. Okay? Yeah. So we haven't prepared this in advance uh, because we never prepare anything in advance. <laughs> so... Um, Here's the situation. So this is the scenario. Uh, play along at home if you want. This I think you'll enjoy. So you've got to work out uh, how I was able to eat my meal. So here's what I ordered. I ordered a, a chicken uh, burger, or actually a couple of chicken burgers, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> Full disclosure. <laughs> why not, yeah. So I ordered a couple of those. And uh, you know you get the sides. You get like fries yeah. or beans or whatever. Well, I chose mash, creamy mash. Um 
<laughs> no. Um, the creamy mash thing uh, was fine. I, I kind of fancied it. I thought it would be a nice idea. Until it arrived. Because one thing they didn't give me was any eating implements. What did it come in? So it comes in a little plastic bowl. Okay. A tiny little plastic bowl, right? Okay. So I'm sitting there thinking, how am I going to eat this? How am I going to... There's nothing... I have nothing here to use. There's absolutely nothing I've got that I can use to eat this. So um, I thought that was, it was going to have to go in the bin. But I, I wanted to eat it. I spent money on this thing. I wanted to eat it. So the question is, what did I use in the room as a spoon? See, I think what a great name for a comedy. What did I use in the room as a spoon? <laughs> That's the question. Well, my initial instant reaction is that you're infinitely more civilized than I am because I would just stick my finger in it. But um, so you're, you're going down that, the, but you, but the you classy see, route. You, no, you've got to think about that one. So the, the creamy mash is hot and very hot. You can't just stick your finger in there. Uh, time. But anyway, so let's, okay, <laughs> get my head around this. Wait till it goes cold. It's something that would be in a... You didn't bring it into the room with you? Um, I didn't know. Is it in, in a typical hotel room? It's not in the a key typical card. hotel room. I did think about the key card, but it wouldn't have fitted in the bowl. It might have it's flicked on the edge and flicked the mash across the room. And you wouldn't well. get all the mash out. No. Okay. Okay. Um, was it in the bathroom? Or was it something from the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> Again, it was considered, but no. Unwrapped. You unraveled the toilet roll and you used a <laughs> cardboard the, tube as a big tube. straw. Uh, that's actually not a bad idea when you See, think that's about what it. I, no, maybe not. Mm. Um, how many guesses? Is this like 20 questions? No. Is it tech-related? It's not tech-related. It's low-tech, though. It's Obviously very low-tech. It was a tool. It, it, it was a... Well, I fashioned a tool out of it. Oh. Do you want to know what it is? Yeah, go on then. I used one of the burgers. Oh. They do that, don't they? They serve food in a hollowed-out bun sometimes. No, no, no. Oh. I took the chicken, mini fillet chicken, okay. and used it as a spoon. Okay. I had to be careful it didn't break up, <laughs> but it did actually work. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was able to use the chicken as a spoon. I think this is ingenious, if you ask me. I don't know what to say. Well, obviously amazing <laughs> is the first thought. Um, but yeah, Did it you was... not end up eating the spoon as you went? Oh, well, obviously at one point the spoon broke and I had to eat it. <laughs> um, but that was okay. By that point I'd kind of got the... Mu- and at that point time had passed enough to allow me to use my finger for the rest. <laughs> so we, we got there. That's the, that is the world of travel that I enjoy with this job. Honestly incredible. But, but I will say the next day... Um, so last night, oh sorry. Well, yeah, last night we had a, we had another scenario where uh, I'd I'd bought uh, a pile of stuff from Amazon, obviously. Uh, but why wouldn't I? And I'd ordered it. It came to the room. What? And no, you know, stuff. And and I ordered four four bottles of Diet Coke, uh, but they had the the caps on them. You know, you you have to get a bottle opener to open them up. But I didn't have a bottle opener. Oh my! So God. I now had a new problem. So what did, I use, what did I use last night Please as a Please don't opener? tell me you used your teeth. No, I did not use my teeth. Oh, it wouldn't good. last that long. Who, who were these four for? Well, me, essentially. You can't <laughs> buy them single. <laughs> so you had to use... A, you, okay, so something that needed to lift off four. Well, here's the thing. It had I'll to t- be durable. I'll tell you, right? Okay, so what yeah. happens is uh, room service delivers the food, and I say to the woman, have you got a bottle opener? She says, no, I'll use a spoon. So oh. the night before, 
I used chicken as a spoon. Okay. And last night, I used a spoon as a bottle opener. Where did, I where did the three... spoon materialise from? Well, she had a spoon because we uh... had the same. See? Okay. I tell you, this show is, is just, it is mind-blowing. Wow. How we can, we can give, I, I, I can turn anything into anything now. People might be able to hear that they've broken um, from one of the sessions outside, and they're probably talking about really high-powered tech-related <laughs> things. Little do they know. Little do they know in what is going on in here. Booth. Yeah, they have no idea the nonsense <laughs> that is going on here. Uh, stick around, Rob. We're going to talk lots more, not about chicken and spoons, uh, but actually about some uh, really interesting tech we're learning about here at uh, TechShare Pro. Uh, keep in touch with the show. All the details coming up. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. And don't forget the hashtag as well, Ask Double Tap. If you've got a question for us, we'd love to hear it and we'll get the answer to you. I'm not saying I'll answer it, but we'll certainly find someone who does know the answer. Hey, you never know, Robin, I might even have the answer. Why are you laughing at that? <laughs> uh, right, uh, listen, we're at TechShare Pro this week uh, on Double Tap Canada. A bit of a different one for you. Uh, Sean and Tim are uh, staying at home. Sean's not so well. Oh, poor Sean. And uh, Tim is... So, uh, you know, I hope you're having a lovely sleep. No, I'm only kidding. We just we said we'd do this this week. We didn't want to get him out of his bed so early in the day when we were recording. Didn't seem fair. Have a break. Have a break, Tim. Relax. Right. Uh, let's get back to Texture Pro. It's an amazing event, and it is amazing because of someone we met yesterday, who I think we, both of us were, were pretty uh, amazed by. I mean, if it's who I'm thinking of, absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, there are, there are days in in my life where you know you kind of struggle to do things. You maybe have challenges, and you need someone to come along uh, who just by their by the work they do and the person they are just makes you realise that life is nowhere near as bad as you could possibly think it is. And, and that person, for me, was uh, Haben Germa. And uh, Haben Germa is an amazing woman. Uh, she is uh, deafblind, and that's not why she's amazing. She's amazing because uh, she is uh, a woman who has uh, just completed, or not recent, recently, fairly recently. Relatively. Yeah, relatively yeah. recently uh, completed her law course at uh, Harvard University. Which is, I mean, that itself is an achievement. But uh, to do this while being deafblind, we've got to you know, take the hat off. I mean, that that is incredible. I do tip my hat. I don't want to start sounding like one of these, you know, oh, I hate the word inspiration. I really hate that word because it's used in all the wrong ways. I mean, I've, I was once called an inspiration because I bought a packet of crisps. Uh, you know, it was that is honestly what happened one day. Someone said, you know, it's so inspiring getting out of the house and buying those crisps. I like it if it's used correctly. Because she that absolutely was. This, this was. But yeah, getting out of bed in the morning, you know, I, uh, if, if people Staying, use it about me for whatever not, reason. By not being dead <laughs> does not make me inspirational. <laughs> That's not how it works. But, but, but someone who has achieved so inspired. much at such a young age as well. Yeah. So she now works for Lenovo in a consulting capacity. And we talked to Paul, someone from Lenovo as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, about about their products and projects that they're working on, and I mean, it's so important. We were talking earlier about the importance of diversity, and we've seen in the past where tech companies, for example, have created products all you know by uh, white young um, well-to-do 
developers in California or something, um, and they're not as good as they they could be by any means. So you know there are there are issues there. Antenna Gate, for example, springs to mind with mm. the iPhone four yep. because they tested it out in the wild, absolutely, but only in California, where the signal's great in every bar that you go into. Um, and as soon as it went to the wider world, uh, you know, pe- people were holding it wrong. So. Um, you know, it's really important to think outside the box, and she's certainly helping them do that. So she was, uh, we were having a chat in here in our glass box, and she had a Braille display, and she, she did, had yeah. a colleague who was an incredibly fast typer, typing faster than than I ever could on a standard QWERTY keyboard, which surprises me because we, I've attended many a conference where where it's the job of the person to type really really fast but they have it on a special keyboard a special cording keyboard where you can do whole words with um just a few keystrokes but she was just using a normal um keyboard and typing really really fast everything we were were saying and then she would uh harbin would read it off the braille display mm. and then would reply um her speech was good for someone who has no hearing i think from birth so um well that's right i mean you know we'll, we'll not we didn't get the interview together in time for today's show. I do want people to hear from Haben herself, uh, and so we'll we'll get some of that interview onto next week's show. But I think that what got me about Haben wasn't that she was deaf blind. Uh, I've met deaf blind people before. I, I know that you know that it's not news to me that people who have got disabilities can achieve things in the workplace, can can get things done. I think it's the scale that kind of surprised me about it. I mean, doing a law degree is is a challenge for anybody, right? Anybody who goes through law school and goes yep. through all of that is just beyond, you know. I, mean, I think what it said to me was how lazy I am as a person. <laughs> I think it, it kind of highlighted to me how lazy I am. And we we're kind of laughing about it last night. Uh, we were saying, you know, no matter, I think Andy had said to me, you know, no matter what I did from here on in in my life, I could never achieve as much as Haben Gamma. Um, you know, because I don't know, there's quite a lot left. Hopefully. I, don't, I don't think. Well, I don't think there is actually. No, after not, the way, not about chicken I eat, um, especially that's fried. I think we're talking days here. But you know, I, I honestly, um, you know, she, she just she blew me away. Uh, now, there's a book. She has actually written a book, and I, I am going to buy this book. I want to to hear her story. Um, it, it's written by her, and um, the book is is all about. She calls herself the deafblind woman who conquered Harvard Law. And um, she talks about that experience. Uh, she's she's done some incredible, incredible things as well. She's met President Obama. Mm-hmm. Um, she's uh, been involved in, in lots of different things to advocate for and push the the plight of, of disabled people. Um, I, I just think she, she was incredible. And, uh, you know, and to do all this, um, I was in awe, if I'm honest. Yeah, and she's so young. And in fact, she sounds really, really young. Yeah. Now, I can't obviously see at all and I couldn't tell what she looked like but she she sounded amazingly um fragile but yeah so right. and she she goes around on her own with her, her guide dog yeah, and yeah. um whenever someone wants to talk to her she hands them the keyboard and maybe that's why it's not a it's a standard qwerty keyboard so that everyone can know how to use it to talk to her i kind of wish i lived in a world where if someone wanted to speak to me i could just hand them a keyboard <laughs> but then just walk away <laughs> so <laughs> type on this have a great time i'll see you later so she mentioned that um i think she said there was an audio version of the book as well and i would love there it is, if yeah, she there is. had was the reader on that i'm not sure if she is but that, that would, be would be amazing fantastic, actually, yeah. yeah so going back to the tech angle as well we also talked to well so no just, just can i say one more thing about on that because um 
the thing that really stood out for me was she said herself that when she was at Harvard, um, and, and let me get this right, you can you can back me up on this, but she said she was, uh, the Harvard were not particularly, and this was mm. actually the key thing about it, that it, it wasn't so much that she was at Harvard that she'd done a law degree. That, of course, is all massively impressive, but that she was a woman, and women were discouraged for a long time yep. doing this kind of thing. A woman of color mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, she was deaf blind, so she had a disability. And yet all of that she pushed past. It was the perfect storm. Uh, really, yeah. Past, really. I mean, every single thing that was against her was against her. And she still did it. Yep. Absolutely. And this is why I'm saying, you know, on, on my best day, I'll never be as good as that. <laughs> Um, I, I honestly, I take my hat off to her. I think she's fantastic. Particularly as you have struggled to get out of bed recently. <laughs> Especially this morning, yeah. After too so, much chicken. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yes, back to the tech. So, um, what yeah, so um, we also interviewed Christopher Patno of Google here this uh, two-day conference. And one of the things we talked about was live transcribe, which mm. ideally would get to the point. And I think we're almost there with machine learning and natural language processing, where you know, really good, reliable live transcription will be available to Hubbin all the time. So that uh, keyboard element and the delay that's involved in us, you know, saying something, then the the typist finishing it off and then her reading it from the Braille display before she can reply is minimized still further. So, you know, the ability to for her to hear everything that's going on, um, we've seen with the AirPods Pro, the new ones from Apple that... That you haven't bought. No. Come no. on, Robin. Well, I mean, what about with my fee from today's show? I yeah, so, uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I think there's something wrong with your microphone again, because I can't hear you right now. So, yeah, I mean, we've we've heard the, um, the really good discrimination between the vocal um, frequencies and the ambient noise. You know, they can, um, with the uh, active noise cancellation, you know, you can have... Um, it boosting the the spoken word and and ignoring the rest um, that you know you could imagine that being applied along with the improvements in natural language processing to really be able to you know even in a noisy environment like this uh, conference certainly has been so that she would be able to hear people and with the airpods pros mix it, you know as your head turns to face somebody it can discriminate that person over and above other noises in the room as well. Yes, so, it does, yeah. I, I love technology. I know. Well, I have to say I love the Air- the AirPods. To, the AirPods Pro, to me, are the AirPods that I kind of wish they brought out Generation 1, only because it would have saved me buying Generation 1 and Generation 2, and now the AirPods Pro. It's only money. Well, exactly, that's right. Cut down on the it. chicken. Well, that, I'm, I'm finding my chicken budget is certainly getting less <laughs> as a result of all these products. Um, but but yeah, the the technology is moving along, and it's not just. And it's interesting you mentioned this because Google, um, uh, so they have got their own earbuds, don't they? But it's not they're not Pixel Buds. I, th- yeah. I mean, the, the new ones were announced recently at Google I/O. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they're at that level. Well, they have the live transcribe, which is really good. That is good. Yeah. Um, they have the what's it called? Where it's a live you, translate as well. Live translate as well. Absolutely. Um, they're much bulkier. I think the kind of from a, the user experience isn't necessarily as good. Mm. Um, the elegance and uh, lightness of the and potential style. Not sure. Well, I mean, the Samsung AirPods Galaxy Buds that came are out pretty with, chunky. Too. They're pretty chunky. And yeah. You've got you to push them right into the ear, almost till it hurts. And what happens is it, the idea is that they seal around the inside of your ear. Mm-hmm. But what, 
and you can have your sort of transparency mode equivalent. I think it's called ambient mode, where you can uh, yeah. listen to what's going on. But if you take the earbud out whilst you are whilst you're in ambient mode, it's like wearing a hearing aid. You know, you get that really loud whistle and wow. noise, and it, that I almost deafened myself with that. Uh, well, there's the AirPods Pro don't do that. And I think the one differentiating feature with the AirPods Pro, um, the innerness of them, those little tips, is that, as far as I'm aware with other ones, you're, you're pushing the uh, tip over a plastic kind of collar. Mm-hmm. Whereas with these ones, there's no collar that you're pushing the um, tip over. It actually goes inside the casing That's of the right. AirPods. Yes. So there's nothing inside your ear canal that's kind of pushing out, so that can make it. That could probably make it uncomfortable. As it does well. make it. It makes it less uh, more comfortable to wear those uh, because they're not pushing in, and also you don't have to push them very far into your ear. Yeah, they almost just feel as if they they are in your ear. You're aware of them, but they're not. It's not sore on your ears, and for long periods of time for travel, uh, it's good. The transparency mode means you can wear them uh, when you're out and about. I still feel my own voice is more muffled. Obviously, because it's, the microphones aren't directed at me, yeah. I can hear myself, but very much in a more muffled way. Um, but the person I'm speaking to, I can actually hear much better. Um, so I'm thinking about trying them in restaurants. When I'm trying to have conversations, one of the challenges, we were talking about this yesterday, in fact, that when you're out, when you're out in a restaurant uh, or you're in a busy environment where there are maybe more than two or three people, five or six people perhaps, trying to have a conversation with those people is very difficult. Because we don't have the ability to sort of, and you know, use our vision to sort of pick up on what people are saying based on either gestures or based on on lip movement. You know. Yeah, I mean, my wife, who is sighted but she does wear glasses, uh, she sometimes says, "Oh, let me put my glasses on so I can hear you." Yeah. So absolutely. Which sounds crazy, but it's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're at a disadvantage not being able to see. We're like double, double disadvantage. But having said that, you know, having spoken to Harbin. That is um, a totally flippant. I know, I know. <laughs> so I yeah, know. but absolutely. then it doesn't change the reality for us, isn't that though? Yeah, you but know. this tech is certainly going to help. But at the same time, you know, however brilliant these new AirPods are, and however much I want them, you, I suppose you do need to step back and say, look, two hundred and fifty pounds. I have no idea what that is in Canadian dollars. Probably a it's lot 329. more. Three two nine. It's just you know, for a couple of AirPod AirPods. Anyway, I, I know, know, I know. Yeah, I know. so that. But like you said, money. Who cares? Just spend it. Get it spent. You can't take it with you. Know that some listeners might be thinking, "Yeah, absolutely." But you know, I wish I could afford those. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah, it's not cheap, guys. No, I know, I know. Um, But you know, Santa's coming. (laughs) Black Friday, but I guess (laughs) Black Friday doesn't apply to Apple. I don't think Santa and Black Friday. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's. let's, You talked about Google. We spoke to Christopher Patner. We spoke to uh, Kendra Price as well who very kindly hosted us here mm. um, at Google. And, and we're in the Google building. I mean, we haven't mentioned this yet. We're in the Google HQ. Um, I heard you, uh, because you were on the podcast, in fact, you were on the, the AbilityNet Procast, which is a new podcast that uh, you've created here for this event. With your good self? With me, yes. Um, I, I turn up anywhere. We are here at the uh, magnificent uh, Google uh, headquarters in central London, uh, next to, uh, for those who, who may know London, uh, one of the uh, main areas, I guess, is, is King's Cross train station um, next to St Pancras, and that's where we are at the moment, which is a lovely part of London. 
so yeah, we're here. Um, and, and we spoke to Chris, we spoke to Kendra, but one of the things you picked up on and, and you kept sort of badgering them about, in fact, when I arrived at the event, you were badgering them about this, and that was Google Glasses. Um, d- sort of demanding when we will see a new pair or something that is consumer focused at the moment. I pinned um, him up against the wall and you did, he, I know. Uh, spilled the beans. And did you get anywhere? No. Right. So I had to let him go. Um, well, yes and no. He certainly confirmed in an un, you know off the record kind of unofficial nudge. <laughs> he nudge. confirmed. So unconfirmed. yeah, this is this is not on the record, guys. Um, no. Nobody's listening. To this no one's one. listening to this. Um, it's fine. That they've you know they've never stopped working on it. There are prototypes. I mean, he definitely said that they've not gone away because actually they still sell it to business. Well, that, that kind of that kind of surprised me. I didn't realize that they pivoted because it didn't go down well in the public perception with the um, camera always on. Because they had a thousand, and they cost a thousand pounds as well. That as well. I think 2,000 for the first one. Um, So yeah, and uh, he mentioned someone taking a a video of themselves in the shower, and I I, I won't name who that was, but yes, um, that he said put the tin lid on the... um, the public condemnation of... uh, Yeah, someone took a video of himself. Why would you do that? I don't know. Why would you take them into the shower in the first place? <laughs> to uh, test their waterproofness. I don't know, showerproofness. But, um, yeah, yeah, so the reading between the lines, everyone is working on smart glasses. We know for a fact that Apple are... Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd like to say sometime next year, I'd like to say spring, Q1 next year, for some sort of announcement, but I doubt it's going to happen. For but, Apple? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. There are drum beats, but... You 2020, know. the year of sight. Yeah, exactly. That's the year be. of vision. I mean, it's Clear a perfect vision. marketing tool, isn't it? Absolutely. And obviously, Amazon have out, brought out their Echo frames. Terrible. Bose have got their AR frames. Terrible. And talking about this, the immersive audio, I think that um, I wish that Bose would open up that the APIs for their yeah. um, immersive... You know, well, the problem That's for me the only with frames the, that have that compass in the Bose AR frames, the compass thing, and, and the sound is actually very good. I mean, I think the sound could be better. I don't like this what they call it project firing uh, audio that they sort of fire the audio into yeah, your ears from a distance. Little cones of sound into your ears. The problem from is the arms of the glasses. My my wife and I tried these out in a store, and we tried a phone call with them, and we couldn't hear each other at all. We could hear music okay. Music wasn't too bad. Yeah. Now, bearing in mind we were in a department store, so it was pretty loud in there anyway. But that's kind of where I'm, I'm going to be out and about with them. So if I can't hear anything with them, it's kind of pointless. The problem was that even the guy in the store said, everything you're listening to, I can hear. Yes, yeah. And that put me When off. you crank it up above 50%, I've heard that yeah. you get major leakage. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we spend our life with audio. If my phone's reading out my text messages... I don't want the world to hear that, <laughs> you know, so that's a problem for me. But they don't have a camera either. No, so yeah, I'd, I'd like one with a camera. So yeah, they're, they're out there already. Smart glasses aren't going to go away. They are going to get smarter. The Just like the world has partially come to terms with having microphones in every room in the house with the Echoes and HomePods and uh, Google Homes. Um, cameras all... still cause problems, though. Yeah. I mean, look, at the, look at the backlash over when the Echo Show come out. Uh, when the Google Home Hub came out, uh, now the Nest Hub, but you know, th- that did spark a lot of controversy because you know that's a camera. I mean, I, I, I'm maybe talking a turn actually. The Google Home Hub, I don't think has a camera. It was the 
it was the Amazon one that had the and the Facebook camera. portal and Facebook the portal. Echo shows absolutely. Um, but you don't, you don't want that in your bedroom. You know, no, it might not be active, but you don't want have it. Have a slider, don't they? A physical. To turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they will have to address that, whether it's a physical flap that would look a bit rubbish, or whether it's um, a, you know a light that goes on every time the camera is doing something. I don't know, but I don't I don't think it's going to go away. I think that people are just going to have to come to terms with it. Um, we're good at getting used to change when the use case is really strong. And okay, the Snapchat glasses didn't make much of a much headway. Uh, excuse the pun, but um, I think we'll get there. I really do. And you know, it's, it's an ethical to- question, though. That's the problem. You know, for us, it's a it's a given. Well, this would be great for us because we could then use apps like Ira or Be My Eyes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Ira have already got relationships uh, with companies and they are doing this already. In fact, it is Google Glass, I think, that is being used with Ira, Not either sure. on the current project or the previous project. They had, they had the Horizon glasses as yep. well for a long time. Uh, we don't obviously have them here in the UK yet, so we don't get a chance to try any of this. But from my understanding, the, the glass that they're using it was Google Glass, the new version, and... Uh, it's running with an uh, uh, Android smartphone, mm-hmm. and it's all running very well. Um, so we can see all the benefits, but I think the problem is that if we were faced with a challenge of why are you, why have you got a camera in your glasses? Is that camera on? Am I being filmed? You can see all the potential pitfalls of this, and how do you explain that? How do you... I mean, you know, it's hard enough to understand visual impairment. Now we're throwing a camera in front of people as well and, and asking them to figure that one out. Yeah, and the thing is, what you're not... So it's all, it all comes down to privacy. Mm. And I think the examples that I gave with the microphones in the home, um, with the fact that we want Google services for free, um, has meant that we are now happy or relatively comfortable with giving away our own privacy. But what we're talking about here with head-mounted or, or body-mounted cameras is we're actually giving away other people's privacy, and that's not our yes, ours to give away. That's right. So yeah, I definitely think that it will take some getting used to, but I think if we fast-forwarded to you know a decade from now, they will exist, and people will just have come to terms with it. We'll have to see, but certainly the use case for visually impaired people may well be broadly recognised. Then you know it's just a given that you know blind people. Always used to wear shades. I never did myself. I don't know if you do. Um, but maybe blind people wear smart shades now because why not? It will tell them who you are. Hey, John. Just replace know. the just replace the lenses with a big camera. I don't need the lenses. I'll just you know just stick a camera in them. <laughs> they want to put the camera in the middle all the time or on the side. Just stick it on each each eye. That'll do fine. So we were talking about the smart glasses with Christopher yesterday, and he was saying that actually you need two cameras. There you for, go. One yeah, each eye. That's right. One for long, one for zoom. Yeah. Um, to be able to do the multitude of different purposes, whether it's text recognition, whether it's scene recognition, etc. So you, yeah. you need the different. And actually, for Ira, you need the wide lens. Yep. To give Mobility. the agent enough ability to see around you when you're walking, so that kind of yeah. wide angle would help. That's actually at the moment why the iPhone's very popular with Ira users because they're able to use it. They can strap that to their chest. It's not something I would ever do. I think it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you and I have talked on our, our other podcast, uh, the RNIB, about uh, this, and I think you, you seem to have a view of the world that everyone is nice <laughs> um, and, and friendly. So far. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... Yeah, until it changes. I would much rather have a very inconspicuous body-mounted or head-mounted camera than my 
iPhone on display. Yeah, I would. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, However I, I nice totally people agree with that. I would. Um, take away from this event, then, other than chicken, your thoughts on how this year has gone. So a lot of the um, sessions have been about development since last TechShare Pro mm. 2018. And there have been, I mean, you know, if we look about Google for a second, you know, they, they covered loads of different products that have been um, developed since or even conceived since TechShare 2018. So one of them is Project Euphonia, for example, where they wanted to make natural language processing recognition much more uh, diversity friendly for people with strong accents, with cerebral palsy. There was a chap who had um, very difficult speech because of a disability and he really wanted to be able to get access to uh, dictation, to um, voice recognition capabilities. And so they worked with him. And now with Project Euphonia, it has broadened out the ability for the Google Assistant, uh, Live Translate, etc., to understand broader speech. And their, their project, their plan is to broaden that further and further and further so that it's not building an individual kind of model for each person and their specific speech patterns, which I guess would be better than nothing for those people, but to actually then incorporate that into the machine learning algorithms in every Pixel device, for example, mm. or in every um, Google search app on an iPhone, say, so that whenever people are dictating, it will do a much better job and it will be much more forgiving. So that was a really interesting one as well. So... Um, yeah, I mean, so many different developments, AI, there's an ethics panel where, you know, Professor Hawking, who sadly passed on now, was one of the members of a consortium that were very concerned about making sure that AI developed in a way that wouldn't um, go towards the sort of Skynet Terminator type endgame and take over the world. <laughs> yeah, um, which I think we're all kind of, I think we're all on that yeah, page. Yeah, we're all, we're all for that. But they saw that as a definite threat. And we're here at Google. Their, their um, strap line is do no evil. So, you know, they were definitely uh, in, into that um, yeah. discussion. And there are some very real concerns because the algorithms reflect the people that created them. And um, there's been some very notable and kind of distasteful examples of where not having the right data set, not having a diverse enough um, perspective on those projects have led to unhelpful results. And if y the data that's being gathered about you and potentially about your disability or your um, what you spend money on, etc., will affect how you, what kind of a mortgage you get, what kind of insurance premiums you have, mm -hmm. what kind of job offers you get. You know, AI is going to be everywhere and these big data sets potentially could be used in unethical ways. So, are you, are you generally positive about this, or are you feeling nervous in any way about this? This these kind of developments. Um, I'm hugely positive, but at the same time, um, you know what happens if one day it it hits me for whatever reason? Then mm. you know that's going to ding me just like it, it would knock anyone sideways. So, um, the broader picture, yes, there are cases where you know there have been in the past and then it's definitely the potential there to make people um when the internet when the cloud knows so much more about you um there is definitely a downside there 
and that's why the sessions here, like the ethics panel, are so important. Yeah. Um, and I mean that stretches to driverless cars as well. Yep. There's lots of ethics around that and how that will work in practice and all of that. Uh, look, thank you so much for uh, being with me this hour. It's been good to to learn uh, about Texture Pro. Um, I hope you've learned a lot about how to uh, fashion creamy mash <laughs> out of a bowl using chicken. I think personally that is a triumph for me, and it's something I am looking forward to taking home to Glasgow. Uh, I think thank we've you. all learned from today. <laughs> I think we've all learned something. At the end of this show, you will say, that was an education, for sure. Uh, Robin, thank you so much. That's it for our show this week. Lots more to come next week. And don't forget the TV show as well. Details now. Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.